Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Deadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also NXT, AW Dynamite, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to Raw tonight and presumably the new number one contender, Kofi Kingston. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it was a cute enough way, I guess, to mix things up um, as, a, as a one-off for a week to incorporate kind of Kofi Kingston. In there. I say incorporate Kofi Kingston in the title picture. As I'm saying the words, I know I don't mean them. Um, it's a strange... Curious choice of somebody to get a win over Bobby Lashley um, in order to reheat a Bobby Lashley-Drew McIntyre programme. It's like it, we have to sort of be transparent about what is a fairly transparent story. We're heading towards a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view that seems destined to like, offer the final payoff of Drew and Bobby, whichever way that goes. Kofi Kingston is at least somebody different in that mix um, for a few weeks. I don't know if they wrap this uh, tonight as of... Us recording this now, we haven't yet seen, you know, precisely how they're going to follow this up. I don't know if we're going to get a match or whatever, but I think there could be. I think they could probably sell a WWE Championship main event of next week's Raw with one decent hard sell this week. Mm, yeah, they can tell their listeners because they've already gone with Bobby Lashley's open challenge fallout, which is exactly <laughs> right. And I'm going to write on the uh, the notes for this podcast. But yeah, I you you sense that it is going to be. Uh, well, you pin the champion, so I guess you get a world title match maybe next week, and then mm. he's going to get murdered en route to Hell in a Cell, uh, Drew Bobby again, isn't it? I think so. I think um, they might even do that thing this week where Kofi, uh, I don't know, because Lash hasn't got any friends anymore, is he? Maybe on MVP, if MVP's in, like, fancy's putting the tights on for the night. Kofi steals mm. another one to have the commentators be able to scream that he's got all the momentum. And maybe there's nothing Bobby Lashley can do from this being Kofi Mania 2 or something like that, you know, like the 
They'll build it up as if it's just as big as that, but Kofi's going to ascend to the top of the mountain again. He's not, I think you're right, Merck is the word I would have gone with as well. I think he's going to get absolutely battered when they have the actual title match. Um, not quite in the manner that the Miz did, but something fairly close to it. Uh, but yeah, they've got a week to potentially like hard sell a sort of intriguing WWE Championship match for next week's Raw. So they might as well use this one for that. How do you think Drew factors into all this in the interim? Um, I'd like him to just remain on the side of the virtuous and just be supportive of Kofi's attempts to win. Um, they'll do that intense babyface thing they do where Drew's like, I hope you beat Bobby, but just know that I'm the next one in the queue. <laughs> and don't celebrate don't celebrate too loudly because I'm going to claim all your head off. It's like nobody can be happy about anything ever. But like, I, I, I don't really want him to be like Edge was basically in the run to WrestleMania with Roman and Daniel Bryan. I just like, mm. in order for Drew to remain a babyface, I'd quite like him to just keep his fingers crossed for Kofi because he likes him more. And then he says, and then for Kofi to be like, all right, yeah, chill out, mate. You can have your shot at Hell in a Cell. We're good. You know, like just to not have to deal with this, to like be looking over your shoulder for a supposed babyface because Drew is still obsessed with Bobby Lashley or whatever. They like that story. And I don't think that's one that needs telling it because I don't think Drew needs that. Mm. I think he should just be the supportive co babyface of Kofi. And then when Kofi doesn't get it done, we kind of accept that we're heading back to the Drew match because it does sort of, it does go a little bit verge on making Drew a bit of a poochie, doesn't it? Like a bit of a droopsie. Like when Drew's not in the match, everybody should be asking, where's Drew? You don't <laughs> want like Drew McIntyre to be that kind of character. So I right, just a supporter of Kofi Kingston in the short term, knowing that, you know, he'll be getting the next shot. I have to go now. Goodbye. <laughs> just a quick word on Keith Lee because we were talking about it on the news this morning and bonkers rumour that he was going to be released by WWE doing the rounds over the weekend uh, that's been uh, killed off by uh, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful um, but I just feel they're talking about it and, you know just sort of not been he's not been in my mind recently due to his absence but he feels like a great progression and a potential a certain contender for either money in the bank or to challenge for the title of money in the bank. If you want to do, you know, you want to really go all in, have Bobby Lashley, you know, win a Hell in a Cell match against Drew McIntyre and come out the next night and be like, well, Braun Strowman dealt with, Drew McIntyre dealt with, who else is there to, to deal with? And obviously you'll have fans back, uh, well, in and around the time of, of money in the bank. Having Keith Lee return and be like, what about me? And look at the bloody size of me. I just think that's a great bit of booking, even though I sincerely doubt WWE would do something like that. I think that's, you know, um, a great pitch for a Keith Lee return. It's strange, isn't it? Because everything that we can talk about with what they might potentially do with him when he comes back has a certain cloud looming over it because when he was around, by all accounts, Vincent just didn't really like him. Mm. Didn't really get him. Didn't know quite how he wanted to present him as we saw by the multiple changes early on in that character's life. Uh, yeah, I'd love it. I'm not sure the only man that matters would and thus it maybe want like... Not holding on to your hat for money in the bank, however, I could absolutely see Keith Lee being entered into that and then kind of stealing the show. Mm. Um, not so much being booked to win, but being booked to get that spotlight in the in the way that they like to do that often with the money in the bank matches. It's a multi-man. You can do quite big things with a ladder. Keith Lee especially can do big things off a ladder um, to the point where he kind of, it becomes a statement match for him, a bit like what happened with the AJ Nakamura standoff in yeah. the money in the bank match a long time before they actually got around to booking the match for real. Keith Lee could have a night like that, um, which, yeah, might set him up for something nice sometime. I just think until he clicks with Vincent Mann, 
it's all stuff that we can only imagine rather than actually see manifested on television. Someone just fire up that Survivor series on Peacock and remind Vince of how mm. everyone, including himself, felt around uh, that time when it was him and Reigns facing off towards the end. It's just wonderful stuff. And I do hope they realise what they've got on their hands with someone like Keith Lee, particularly in and around the title picture. But who knows going forward? Uh, also to look forward to on Raw tonight is a women's tag title match. And I know what you're thinking. I'm getting deja vu here. Yes, they did do this exact same thing last week. It is Natalia and Tamina defending those tag titles against uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Spooky bollocks last time. Spooky bollocks this time, Michael Hamlet. Ah, oh, God, I hope not. But I think it appears as if um, Shayna could be the big target, perhaps, of Alexa Bliss, um, which is less than ideal, isn't it? Mm. Uh, it, was the, it was the mere fact that... Um, that finish last week where Reginald obviously hit the deck off that fire was constructed to protect Nia Jax and not Shayna Baszler. Every every way in which they kind of arranged that, it made more sense for Nia to be the one distracted. Like, Shayna doesn't care about Reginald. You know, Nia was already at his side, and yet it was all there to mm. have Shayna be the one to suffer, suffer the consequences of it. Um, I don't particularly care for the idea like the Alexa Bliss stuff is what it is we enjoy ripping the piss out of it on the reviews when it's worthy of ripping the piss out of it but I'm going to be positive here about something in this otherwise wretched women's division um I I don't hate the Natalia and Tamina as champions bit yet I thought they um like you know we read that WWE sort of thought I sod it we'll strap Tamina because look at this response she got at Wrestlemania you're like they've actually committed to something Mm. they are quite a believable all you people thought we were past it, but look, we've still got it type of act. I think that like really comes across. I believe it. I'll tell you what it is. I believe they value those tag belts. That's what this is. Like <laughs> WWE don't, WWE don't value those tag yeah. belts. I think Tamina like sleeps with that thing on a pillow. She looks at it and treasures it. Mm. And Natalia sees this as some deserved validation for the kind of the background work she's often forced to do all the time. I think they really value them. So I can buy like something about it, like that element of the act feels credible. So if they're going to win tonight, I hope that we get the spookiness after the fact. Because what I didn't buy was last week when their celebrations were like interrupted by the laughing. And then Natalia and Tamina had to do like acting, capital A, about like the, the laughing noises that were coming through the Thunderdome. I'm a little bit concerned. Like the, I, I didn't believe that at all. So have them win by all means. Um, set up a couple of new challenges if you want. But yeah, maybe try and have it not factor into the finish and do the spooky stuff afterwards. Maybe um, like the lights can go off after Naya and Shayna lose, and like Shayna can have whatever the black goo equivalent of a bloodbath is. Yeah, and let's <laughs> let's agree to never have anyone visit Alexis Playground ever again. Well, yeah, like I thought they came across sort of as normal human beings. That whole why the frig are we here? This is weird. I don't like this. Let's go. Like I, they were at least the one relatable element of that segment. one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Just a quick further word on on the women's division, because it's in bloody shambles right now, isn't it, right now? Particularly because we all went, oh, okay, yeah, it seems really straightforward. WrestleMania backlash, Rhea pins Asuka, and then we get Rhea versus Charlotte down the line, et cetera, et cetera. And they seemed to be going in that direction right up until last week when they went, Asuka pin Charlotte. And you're like, right, okay, so what are we doing here? I get it. Charlotte can come out and say, oh, well, Rhea jumped up on the apron and I was dealing with her and blah, 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 and moan, moan, moan. That's exactly what I need on my bloody television show. More moaning and Sonya Deville getting her ears bent by Charlotte Flair. But it's like, even if you put all that to one side and they somehow wreck on it and go, yeah, no, it is Charlotte versus Rhea at Hell in a Cell. It's like, after that, it's a barren wasteland of, like, there are incredibly talented women on that roster. I'm not saying that there aren't. But I wouldn't buy any of them as challenging Rhea Ripley anytime soon, even the spooky one with the creepy doll. No, no, quite right. Um, The best talent they have are trapped in risible storylines. And outside of those storylines, the rest of the talent are being seen as just risible extras. That's this division. There is nothing good at the top. There is nothing good awaiting. Um, and I don't quite know how they fix this. Um, they are doing this route of, I don't know, like, is it is it a mini loser streak gimmick for Charlotte? Like, to, is that what they're going to say? And then she's still going to get the title shot because they're going to play on the fact that she's entitled. It's not a great story, but it is an angle. Problem is, of course, you've got Rhea Ripley as a heel. So you've got one very confused heel champion versus an entitled heel challenger. That's not going to help the chemistry of the match that we believe is between the two wrestlers that can still have this good match. You know, I thought the triple threat at WrestleMania backlash was a step in the right direction, even though, mm-hmm. that, again, the booking was kind of lame. The 50-50 that already by having Asuka win on Raw. Yeah, it's not, it's not the most captivating thing. And what's Worse still is that we'll have a women's money in the bank match where you've got two divisions at the moment that are in tatters in, on Raw and SmackDown um, outside of the top programs. And they'll probably just try and elevate somebody out of the blue with that briefcase. Nobody is going to feel, you know, you've got like the likes of Carmella, who's an ex-winner, or Naomi that just constantly feels like patronised by the roles that she's given. Um, whoever wins that briefcase 
is going to have that supposed instant elevation, but there's virtually nobody that she would need to leapfrog anyway. Mm. Um, outside of these top programs, nobody is getting anywhere. There's been a few forced tag teams to try and help that help those belts, which didn't really work. Um, the in-ring time that these women are getting is absolutely criminal. Mm. On Raw, especially when you've got three hours of television to use, but SmackDown's not much better. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how they get out of the, the problem that they've got. Um, in the old days, I would have expected a a raid of NXT. Um, like the pre-Wednesday Night War days, you would have well seen that like sort of three or four talent would have come up all at once, freshen the scene up, not to be brutal, but like separate the wheat from the chaff a little bit, mm-hmm. see who was maybe not really as maybe warranted of a spot of getting quite as much television time. But I don't even think they'll do that now because they see when, you know, it's its own television show. You just don't get call-ups in the, in the manner that you used to. So I don't even think that's an option. I, I put, Push people, I guess, is all I can suggest is like exposure and a push. Like pick three women. Like I hate to be this blunt, but everyone's working off a of zero at the moment. It's a yeah. level playing field, but not for a good reason. You know, nobody's over. Pick three, push them. And just see what happens. Have them be the one to pick up wins. Have them be the one to just establish a sense of direction. Because other than the person, the one person that's challenging for the title any given month, there's now happening. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I, I love her and she's incredibly talented. But I, I don't want them to have to be relying on when Becky Lynch is returning, for example. When you've got someone mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not her biggest fan. You got someone like Mia Yim, and I was just going, well, what are they doing with her? Just bring her in, have a win low. Probably have her on Raw. Because Keith Lee's on Raw, and that'd just be a nice thing to do. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah bring her in. Like you say, just have a tear through people. Because I think this was personified, uh, I'm sure it was last week, or it all blurs into one, to be honest, when they were there going, oh, we want a tag title shot. They've got a tag title shot. We want a tag title shot. And then Charlotte walks in, and they're going, oh, well, you bloody lost. It. And it's like, oh, you're all crap. You're all crap. Sort yeah. this out. Because they're all not crap in terms of in-ring prowess. And they're just made to look crap. Uh, or she gets on you to build dust off the gear because she's mint and she's in my eyes certainly a, a level above the rest of them and can do the whole politicking, politicking gimmick mm. uh, well I like that as well I'd love it if this ultimately was to lead to her getting back in the ring because yes I think she's missed uh, one match advertised for tonight is Riddle versus Xavier Woods uh, further fallout from uh, Riddle shoving Xavier Woods and the the ongoing friction between the New Day and uh, RK Bro. I have to say, I do really like this this team of, of Riddle and Orton. It's, they've sort of stumbled into it, but it actually does work really well. And I kind of like the aspect of Orton, you know, not so blatantly, but clearly sort of poisoning the mind of Riddle, who's just a happy-go-lucky bloke who shoved Xavier Woods over. And, and Riddle versus Xavier Woods on paper could be a great match given plenty of time. I mean, they give 10, 10 minutes last week to AJ Styles and Elias going to a sodding DQ. Give this a bit of time, eh? Yeah, like, as you say, like, in-ring-wise, this has got such potential. Um, I don't know how it's possible. I think I feel like we've, we've said this on podcasts, but I don't know how it's possible. I still think Xavier Woods is underrated. Yeah. You know, the, guy, the guy's, like, achieved more than, like, half the people that have ever worked for WWE. And yet it's, I still don't think there's quite enough press around just how awesome he is to watch as a wrestler, as a guy that if all things were different, would he have stood a chance of getting a singles push in the same way Kofi did? I think, I think very possibly, you know, and as big he is now, I think Woods is like a candidate exactly on the same level and like willingly and very generously 
often pulls himself back for the benefit of the act. You know, he'll be the one on the outside playing the trombone or he'll happily kind of throw himself into that video game side of his life. And I just think that if he wants to and like when he can, as we'll probably get here, you'll just see what you can have every week off Xavier Woods if the company and the wrestler himself wanted it. I like the angle too. I agree. Um, I think this is a relatively well-built um, pay-per-view tag match. I expect RK Bro and the New Day to wrestle. Hopefully, not before then, but I like. I would like to see them wrestle at Hell in a Cell as a match that has actual meaning, that has actual stakes. As you say, Riddle has been... At the end, it doesn't even feel like Orton's doing this overtly. It's just because they've established a bit of a kinship, Riddle's decided to stick up for that. He's decided to... Oh, I know what you all think, but like last few weeks, me and him have really bonded. You know, like it's it's enough to buy for a story. Um, RK, bro, I think now... They could do it immediately after the New Day, actually. They could have Riddle be the one to sort of win that match and then have Orton hit him with an RKO. And just be like, look what I made you do to your mate. And now look what I've just done to you. You know, like there is there is something to do there if they wanted. But I genuinely feel like this feels like an act that audiences would probably most want to cheer when they're permitted to. Mm. Like it feels like something you maybe want to hold off on the split of till there's fans. We're so close now. We can start for the first time after a year of speculating. We can start like focusing on the storylines that we would like to occur in front of audiences. And uh, this would be one of them. I think yeah, just seeing seeing Riddle and like Randy Orton split would mean that you'd get cheers first, you know? Like we know like the, the commentary you would only have to say, we know that like Randy Orton doesn't care. He blocks those people out anyway, but Riddle has been waiting a whole year to enjoy the WWE universe in full vo- full voice. And here they are for rated like RK RK Bro. I always call them rated RK Bro. And I shouldn't <laughs> say it. Here they are. RK Bro. They come out, they get this huge pop, they win a great match. And then Orton just pops the balloon and RKO's him. That's how he, you know, like, like Riddle's waited all this time for crowds and now his new best friends, like, try to kick him in the head. It's just like, oh, they do. What a reverse Festus. Like, maybe if Orton punts him, like, Riddle becomes like a super genius. Like, he's this sort of, like, lucid, erudite, like, great thinker of the backstage area. And then he punts him again and he goes back to being Riddle. He becomes Matthew Riddle and then yeah. back. I like that, yeah. I think it also speaks volumes that whilst you were talking then, I was going, who are the Raw Tag Team Champions? I genuinely can't remember they've been on team. <laughs> and that's because, yeah, they've been doing bollocks with Elias and Jackson Riker rather than just getting big jawed there, doing big jawed stuff. Uh, but speaking of tag teams, it's been two weeks now. I can ignore all the zombie bollocks. That's, that's in the past now. But it feels like we are well on the way to the end of... Miz and Morrison, hey, hey, oh no, Michael Hamfler. <laughs> oh no, indeed. Yeah, poor Miz, man. Um, like what, like first like proper injury ever and it's in a frigging zombie match that people are going to bury him for for the rest of his career. Like, karma wasn't really on his side there, was it? Does feel like that was where this was all destined to lead to. Um, I, I got mixed feelings on it because I, I do think they've like, I don't like just praising them for doing the basics because it's not even that the basics have been like that entertaining. It's been all right. The Miz and Morrison split stuff has been all right, but it has existed pretty much since WrestleMania. This idea that like it's eaten away at them that like they've been beaten by Bad Bunny. Damien Priest has been able to be the big benefactor of all of this, obviously. Um, ton of miscommunications, some small, some bigger between Miz and Morrison. And yeah, when Miz is fit and healthy and good to go, it does seem like that's the direction. It does seem that that's what they're going to do. John Morrison will get one more crack at being a babyface, I would imagine, because I think this 
I think he's found a different voice slightly the second time around. He looks more looks more confident mocking himself. The Johnny Drip Drip stuff has got a shelf life. It definitely does. However, he's very clearly like 10 years more experienced than he was trying to get over as a baby face the last time. There are some cringeworthy John Morrison segments to go back and hmm. quote-unquote enjoy on the WWE Network or indeed on YouTube. Um why not go find him and Teddy Long's tribute to Michael Jackson as a bit of homework for anybody? You will not be able to make it through that. Um, and tribute to the office. Puck off. <laughs> Puck off. He's just not that guy now. And I think that's for the better, that's for like the benefit of this angle because oh, I think the matches will only be all right. I cannot say that I'm like electrified at the prospect of Miz versus Morrison as a match, but the promos will probably be quite good. Yeah, I, I think. My cons- I don't know if I'm concerned about this or whether this is the best way of getting out of it now rather than just sort of held- holding him in this plan, plan because with that ACL, I think I was reading the ACL tear he's got, which mm. means like six to nine months. Um, whether or not you can, I don't know, you know, his fitness to travel or to be in the ring or whatever, and I'm not suggesting he does anything physical with Morrison, but whether you do a Miss TV tonight or in the next few weeks with him in a sling or whatever, you know, whatever medically he needs to be wearing, but Maurice is there. That I like that friction of Morrison getting his nose kind of put out of joint. And then because Miz can't do anything physical, big old huff to the bollocks. They do love that from Maurice on John Morrison. Uh, because, uh, yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, God forbid if they do another bloody, I mean, Priest himself literally said, that's that dealt with last yeah. year. <laughs> uh, you've got to, to keep Priest busy until the build to money in the bank. But even so, literally anything and and morrison yeah you know i'm not suggesting i mean he'd be great in money in the bank but it'd be difficult to suddenly turn around and be a baby face especially if he has to interact with priest but yeah i just sense the zombie bollocks they're just going to brush that off with like one line when this eventually rolls around yeah oh yeah we're not getting any sort of revisiting of that wwe will see that as uh yeah thank you very much we did our co-promotion that money was lovely and then we'll never speak of it again Mm. like that's how they'll view that um, Miz maybe as John Morrison's ever so slightly frustrated manager for a little while might be a nice way to build a delay. Um, pretty much the act that we get now, only he's there at ringside playing cheerleader for a little while. Rather, if again, if as we say, physically all that stuff is allowed, or the man just gets a bit of time off, he never takes any ever. So mm. you could do that too. Mm. Intriguing to see what happens with that. Uh, although before just going to be some more bollocks with AJ Styles and. Life's going to twenty minutes when I visit this week. Uh, but let's know your thoughts ahead of Monday Night Raw tonight. We'll be going through it with you. Don't worry. Uh, on Twitter at What Culture WWE. Watch. They can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. We've got the Raw Review, of course, tomorrow with myself and the Dadly Boys. Uh, if you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling and leave us a five star review and uh, suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related, we will review it instead of a god awful segment of Monday Night Raw tomorrow. And later on today, myself and Michael Hamford will be back talking about Whisper It, the return of John. Cena. But for now, this has been the Raw Preview. My thanks to Michael Hamther. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.